Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Lynn S., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater from Toronto, Canada. Today is Wednesday, August the 16th, and we are reading from the big book at page 83, the last paragraph, if we are painstaking about this phase. Uh, The referenced numbers for... Uh, sorry, Tuesday, August 14th, 7 a.m. meeting is 10309, and the 10 a.m. meeting, 10312. And today's readers for the 12 steps, Tracy B., the 12 traditions, Tina S., readers of the text, Nadia B., Leslie W., and Mary B., newcomer greeter is Craig F., And the host for the second hour is Reva P. OA Preamble, Overeaters Anonymous, is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Tracy B. to read the 12 steps. Tracy, please press star one to unmute. This is Tracy B. May I be heard? Yes, thank you. Thank you. We admitted we were powerless over alcohol, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for the knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And twelve, Having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to others 
and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you. Thank you, Tracy B. And Tina S. will read the 12 traditions. Thanks, Lynn, for your service. Tina S., Recovered Compulsive Eater Anorexic in Florida. Uh, these are the 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, seven <clears throat> excuse me, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, overeaters anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions ever reminding us to place principles before personalities and pass. Thanks for letting me do service. Thank you, Tina S. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book on page 83, we're on the last paragraph. If we are painstaking about this phase through two paragraphs ending with, they will always materialize if we work for them. Our comments are focusing on the seventh sentence, we will lose interest in selfish things through to if we work for them. And Nadia B., could you read for us, please? Thank you so much for your service, Lynn. This is Nadia B., Grateful Recovered Compulsive Reader in Connecticut. If we are painstaking about this phase of our development, we will be amazed before we are halfway through. We're going to know a new freedom and new happiness. We will not regret the past, nor wish to shut the door on it. We will comprehend the word serenity, and we will know peace. No matter how far down the scale we have gone, 
we will see how our experience can benefit others. That feeling of uselessness and self-pity will disappear. We will lose interest in selfish things and gain interest in our fellows. Self-seeking will slip away. Our whole attitude and outlook upon life will change. Fear of people and of economic insecurity will leave us. We will intuitively know how to handle situations which used to baffle us. We will suddenly realize that God is doing for us what we could not do for ourselves. Are these extravagant promises? We think not. They are being fulfilled among us, sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly. They will always materialize if we work for them. And um, so, yes, promises. Um, what this um, brings me to uh, is an idea that I got uh, as a result of working the steps. Um, and uh, this um, promises is a prayer for me today. Uh, but also on page 63, I had this um idea we had a new employer he provided what we needed if we kept close to him and performed his work well you know when i worked for my disease i felt really lonely um i didn't feel loved i hated coming home and binge on the couch but i had no choice I didn't want to, but I was my, mandated by my disease. I didn't want to struggle in my marriage. I didn't want to think about divorce. I didn't want to um, feel useless, um, but I had no choice. And so, you know, if I didn't need these promises, I wouldn't be here. Uh, but what I wanted to share that um, these promises are not magical to me, at least my experience was. Um, I don't think I ever um, was as dedicated to anything as um, I was to working the steps and finding out what is it like to work for God. Um, you know, so this idea of working for this new employer um really uh helped me to understand that the step work is work and um did i want to do all my amends not really did i want to sometimes pray a resentment prayer um because i didn't know how to um complete those amends not really um but as a result of this work, and I got to say, for me, it was a hard work. Uh, you know, besides me working full time and running a household and um, trying to do the, the things that normal people do, I had this program to work. Um, but I, uh, my sponsor said, it's, you know, the promises are like money in the bank. When you start working, um, you don't get paid, right, on the first day of work. 
And for me, um, that's how it was. The more I worked, the better I got paid. And I got to tell you, my employer, my higher power is very generous. Um, and these promises are true in my life today as a result uh, of the work that I'm doing for my higher power and with my higher power today. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Nadia B. The line will now be open for sharing on what was read. Please just say your name once, and uh, then we'll get our line up. Katie G from Boston. Sue G. Katie G. Mary B. Matt M. E. Christy G. Okay, so I'll tell. Okay, I'll tell you who I have so far. I have Katie G. Sue G. Christy. Matt M. Who did I miss? Barbara E. Anyone else? Mary B. Okay, that's great. Let me tell you who I have, and we'll go with this lineup. Katie G, Sue G, Christy, Matt M, Barbara E, and Mary B. So somebody's unmuted. I can hear talking in the background. And Katie G, can you start us off, please, followed by Sue G. Sure, Lynn, can I be heard? Yes, thank you. Wonderful. Thank you, Lynn, for your service. Good morning, my friends. KDG recovered. Compulsive overeater, anorexic, and bulimic, and I'm starting my timer. Yeah, they will always materialize if we work for them. And, and what has changed for me today? Well, my attitude is one that I want to work for what God is asking me to do because I, you know, when I first heard these promises, I was like, yeah, dude, I want to go to Disneyland. Like, Let's just do this. Like it feels like a Hallmark card holiday, but um, Hallmark card. But if you really, you know, look at this, like I know this was before, but like a new freedom and a new happiness. And you know what used to baffle me? What used to baffle me? How do people get up in the morning? How do people go to work? How do people live life without food? How do people be content? How do you stop hating people? How do you stop hating yourself? How do you stop living in fear? How do you not make decisions based on fear? And when I, as I continue to work the program, I find that, um, yeah, like I know how to handle my fear. Like a lot of people don't know this about me because I have, I, I talk a lot, but I can still be afraid of people. And man, I used to be really afraid of people. But it's leaving me now today, right? Because I show up. I'm, I have the tools. God is helping me walk through the fear. God is, is showing me, okay, Katie, like I remember one of the first amazing things God and I did together was go back to school and learn how to do high school math and take the GREs. And it didn't mean that I didn't have panic attacks because I did. I had four panic attacks. I had to walk out of the GREs twice, right? But showing up and learning how to feel fear and not let it control me. You know, today um, I can be selfish. I absolutely can. But I, I want to know who you are. I know how to listen to you. I know how to talk to you. I don't really need to read and watch TV because there's so much going on in all my recovered friends' lives. And the situations that used to baffle me, like, 
I want to eat, but what do I do? What's my second thought? Well, you know what? My second thought is, who would God have me be? I don't, um, I remember having a job in new recovery and um, panicking all the time. I was being fired and I didn't know how to change. And, um, you know, it doesn't tell me that my financials are going to get better. It says that my fears of my financials are going to get better. I used to sit down and have panic attacks just to balance my checkbook. Now I have an app on my phone where I look at my money and I, I see. And the biggest thing is God is with me. So if you're new or you're in relapse, what happens is you're never alone again. And we and I want to continue to do the work. As someone so beautifully said, and I'll close with this, I want to be one of God's kids. I want to be God's employer because I get to live today. And that is a privilege of being in this program and doing the work. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Katie G. Sue G., it's your turn, followed by Christy. Good morning, Lynn. Thank you for your service. This is Sue G. Um, from Michigan, recovered by the grace of God. I remember someone one time telling me that if I wasn't experiencing all these promises, that there was something wrong in my program, that I hadn't done something right. And that's not what the big book says. Um, are these extravagant promises? We think not. They are being fulfilled among us, sometimes quickly. That could be spiritual experience, sometimes slowly spiritual uh, uh, awakening. They will always materialize if we work for them. And but one thing I do believe is that if we are experiencing um, these promises, uh, we are experiencing the psychic change in that if we don't move forward, if we don't continue on to step 10 and 11, if we don't continue 10, 11, and 12, I should say, then we're going to lose those promises. We're not going to keep them. They're, they're not guaranteed to stay there if we don't work for them. And um, and I guess uh, that's what I wanted to say. Thank you. Have a great meeting. And thank you, Sue G. Christy, it's your turn, followed by Matt M. And Christy, can I have the initial of your last name, please? Christy G. Christy G. Super. Go Christy. ahead, please. Thank okay. Hi, Christy I'm Christy G. G. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Recovered compulsive overeater and anorexic from New Jersey, and the whole the whole concept of my life changed when I took the first three steps. I didn't live my life as if it were a gift given to me from a creator, and then me giving it back. Um, serving my creator it was it was my life and it was all up to me to make it good I mean that's what all the messages in my family and my society told me you know my family believed in in a God in, in theory but it wasn't something that we lived like there was a God you know and I learned in this program that God either is or he isn't so the whole every every aspect of my life changed when my attitude about my creator changed and I had it, it told me in the book that I had to take a, um, a, you know, a certain attitude towards my creator. And when I think of it and, you know, I, I, I do, you know, get these inspirations 
from my higher power that give me thoughts that um, aren't aren't my own, you know, in, in terms of being able to understand how my higher power operates in my life and to be able to have some kind of understanding, come to some kind of understanding, like it says in the second step. Of, and when I think of being in the, my mother's womb and not not making my mind up, not deciding to be created and to be born, but to be created, to come to come to um, to being into being, because my creator decided to to create me, and and I think of my life that way now, that it's you know it's God's masterpiece in my life, and and I'm really just you know the paintbrush and I'm I'm being moved around, and. And I'm okay with that. I I really do feel like it's a relationship, and I do have some input into what what it is. But at the fundamental core of my being, I love my Creator and I love my life, and I'm living to serve. And that's something that all of these promises come true when I'm living that that attitude. It's it's not all about me, obviously. So with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Chrissy G. Madam, it's your turn, followed by Barbara E. Can you hear me with us? Ken, thank you. Thank you for your service. Good morning, everyone. This is Madam Kabulto Reader. These promises have really come into my life. You know, they haven't come true yet because I'm still struggling with the food and working on my program with my sponsor, but it's difficult. I'm trying to re- retweak my food plan to give myself the ability to, like, stay abstinent. But uh, self-thinking will slip away. I'm becoming more other-centered. When I make outreach calls to people now, I um, I call and ask them how they're doing first before I even talk about myself because I try not to make it about me because I usually am self-centered and selfish and egotistical when I'm not when I'm in the food. My whole attitude and outlook upon my will change. I'm not crying because my my TV broke recently. All I have to do is read books and play on my phone. And I could be like, oh, poor me, poor me, poor me, another. And I'm not doing that. I'm actually enjoying myself here. I get out to the library, I go and I walk there, and I stay there for a few hours. So I'm getting out of the house. And I have friends I can call. I'm not alone. I can call in a way or I can call someone. I go on a meeting, you know, do something else besides just sit here. And my higher power is doing a lot for me that I could not do for myself. I have really good friends that are helping me look for me, help me look for a new TV and help me do other things in my life. They're picking me up. They're taking me out. So I'm not alone. You know, I'm really changing the way I think about things and how I act on my rather than reacting to it. And that's a new way of living. I'm grateful today that I can be the better person, starting to be the start to be the better person I know I can be that my higher power wants to be. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Matt M. Barbara E., it's your turn, followed by Mary B. Thank you. Can you hear me? Yes, thank you. Oh, wonderful. It is Barbara E., another New Jersey gal. Well, I'm going to focus on that seventh promise of the AA promises, lose interest in selfish things. When I started the program, it was all about me. I didn't want to share anything with you, whether it was my food or my secrets. I wanted people to do for me. I bemoaned the fact that my friends were few, and I really didn't care about the, the ones that I had, just what they could do for me to bolster my giant ego and relieve my boredom. I felt none of the promises were true for me. I had not put aside the notion I was in control. 
I felt I was on the outside and I knew all the words to say, but I didn't utilize them. I wanted to get into that church or temple that promised relief from my bedevilment, but I couldn't find an entrance. I was missing out on the rewards, those who really worked the program as it was written. Today, I, I do have a new freedom from the bedevilments and the promises have indeed come true for me, but I don't get all the promises every day. Sometimes the bedevilments do creep back in and I find myself, then I find I have to think less of myself and more of how I can help others. But as it says, I need to work for these and call and really listen. I love outreach calls from people. And I listen. I don't make suggestions. I'm just a loving listener. I volunteer now where I never volunteered for anything that didn't give me um, a selfish, self-indulgent feeling. I can be of service to my elderly neighbor and and cede my place in a checkout line to someone with a fussy baby or a person who appears to be in pain or even someone with just a few items. I don't always know intuitively what the right thing to do is. But golly, today I pause, I pray, and I wait. And sometimes I consult other people as well, and then ultimately I go back and pray again. I always take a a 10-step outreach call from another member without judgment, with joy and feeling honor that they would undertake to call me. I love all the steps. I do feel a new freedom, a new happiness. I will comprehend the word serenity and go in the face of the storm, not after. Thank you so much. I pass. Thank you, Barbara E. And Mary B., it's your turn. Can you hear me, Lynn? Yes, thank you. Great. Thank you so much. Thank you for your service. This is Mary B., gratefully recovered in Central California, compulsive eater, food addict. Uh, I get phone calls from members of this group from time to time who will say, my sponsor's given me the assignment to make phone calls, and oops, I'm going to set my timer. Um, there it goes. Okay. Uh, given me the assignment of calling people and asking them their favorite part of the big book. And I'm really a terrible person to make that call to because I just could not pick out a favorite part, a part that I could do without, a part that uh, has helped me to recover more than any other. But how could these promises not be on that list? They absolutely would be on that list. So it tells me if I am painstaking about this phase of my development, and what that means to me is that I have done my very best up to this point. Have I done it perfectly? Probably not. I've done it many times. Will I need to do it again sometime? Maybe. If I'm shown that I need to do that, I am absolutely willing to, but I have taken my very best 
and given it my very best up to this point. And knowing a new freedom, the first freedom from, for me that I, I was so aware of was a freedom from the desire to eat, from the craving, from the obsession with food. What a relief. What a wonderful way to continue my life free of the desire to eat compulsively. Comprehending the word serenity, serenity is one of my favorite words. I use it in many areas of my life. What that means to me, comprehending the word, is taking it from that outside act as if, planting that plastic smile on my face, and knowing that deep inside, I am experiencing serenity, which means that I've gotten out of the way and know that my higher power is in charge. I am under new management. And I am always telling my sponsor, (laughs) I've said this so many times to her, I can't imagine how this painful experience that I've gone through, all of these things that we have experienced over these years actually make me more useful, more helpful to my fellows that this experience could benefit someone else. What a wonderful plan somebody up there has. And... um, Losing interest in myself and being of service, this has come glaringly with my husband's loss of vision. It's almost like having another baby in the house, there goes my timer. Yes, and I've been able to um, be of service. So I will go down to the bottom and close with that these these are not extravagant promises. Let me turn this. Okay, they do materialize. For me, it was slowly, but they will materialize if you stubbornly stick with it and continue to work for them. Thank you for the opportunity to share. Thank you, Mary B. I'll now call on Melanie C., who has an announcement for us. Thanks. Good morning, Lynn. It is Melanie C. And I'm just one of your cheerleaders con- encouraging you to register for convention because in one month from today, we will have been in our convention weekend almost by a third. You do want to go, right? Don't you want to go? We hope you want to go. We are sure. We are sure that you want to be there. We are sure. So the deadline for registration and hotel reservation is August 24th, and that's just in nine short Days. The date, remember, is September 15th through the 17th, 2017, in northern New Jersey. It's going to be beyond excitement and thrilled with wonderful things, folks. There will be side-splitting, belly laughter, and jumping up and down party fever, just celebrating recovery. And you will be missed if you're not there. So here is another opportunity to step out in faith and just lay your money down and come and join us. Visionaries are busy, busy, busy pulling this deal together. There's last-minute registrations being set and hotel rooms being reserved. But you know what? To our amazement, in the last couple of days, 
four rooms at the Marriott came available and were reassigned. There's still hope. Lots of stuff going on out there. Don't think you've missed anything in being in that convention building. So if you have not registered and do not have a room, please go to our community bulletin board and, and post that information. Also get to our website and get registered. If you need a ride, if you need some sort of room to share, please let a brother know. That's at www.avisionforyou.info. And here's a huge service opportunity. There are so many fellows that simply need a ride and that they could attend. They could put their money down. Some fellows that simply just need to have a room to share, they then could put their money down and they could attend. So if you would, if you would please extend in service in any way that you can to help these folks be able to come and post that information to our bulletin board. So now let's get back to our meeting here today and see about these promises, get studying more about these promises, and join us at convention. Thank you. Thanks, Melanie C. Ooh, I'm all excited now. <laughs> okay, who else would like to share on what was read this morning? Ross Lisa R. B. Jody didn't catch either name. Lisa B. Okay. R. Jan <clears throat> Janice M. Jody EQ. Leslie W. Okay, let me, oh, great. Okay, let me tell you who I have so far, see if I missed anybody. Lisa B., Roz S., Janice M., Jody EQ, and Leslie W. Why don't we start with that lineup and we'll see how far we go. Okay, so Lisa B., would you like to start us off, please, followed by Roz S. Good morning. This is Lisa B., a recovered compulsive overeater in Greenville, South Carolina. Thank you so much for your service, Lynn. And um, this is really a powerful reading. I'm so grateful for this in-depth study that we do. I came from a, a background and lived my life of just really being addicted to myself. The more I studied and tried to figure myself out, I just kept getting more and more addicted to myself and sicker and sicker. And, you know, this, the thing that I've learned in this program from the doctor's opinion, that it, it told me that if I am to recreate my life, that my ideals must be grounded in a power greater than myself. And I love um, with the first share that was uh, shared this morning of that she's never worked so hard. And, you know, I feel the same way. I, I grabbed onto these steps and to my big book guys, just like I was grabbing onto um, a life preserver or a life raft. And I needed desperately to experience the state of being recovered. I had enough of being around the 12-step rooms and just living in that uh, middle-of-the-road solution and being half-dead and not knowing what it was and <laughs> didn't even know. Um, I knew that abstinence only was not the key. I knew that abstinence only was a problem. And grabbing on to her and talking with you guys and doing the action of these steps, I began to see the mag not the magic, the miraculous um, happening of these steps. I thought it would be magic, but it's not. It's action, and then the miracle begins to happen. And what I found is when I became up to this point of the ninth step, I saw that it is vital I become other-centered and God-centered. So calls from newcomers today is such a gift. I, I just want to share to newcomers, please don't ever feel like you're bothering 
us or me. When you call, it's such a gift. The opportunity to be of service and get out of myself, it's like, oh, such a relief. It's painful to be in myself. And then um, also painful things of my life that have been so baffling and difficult and I've been in therapy have been solved, really and truly solved and released through these steps. And I found that sitting in therapy and just talking actually made me sicker and sicker and sicker. It helped me in many ways and it gave me a lot of understanding, but I know that self-knowledge avails me nothing as a true compulsive overeater that I am, that I really need a message of depth and weight, and that's what these steps are, taking the action steps. And by this point in the ninth step, I have relied truly on my higher power, listened and faced uh, frightening situations and made these direct amends and financial amends and under the direction of my sponsor, but her always reminding me, go to your higher power, ask for guidance. So at this point in the ninth step, I know what it is to really rely on my higher power and see that this is really a loving presence, that I have been so skewed in my, in my outlook of life and of this power, that this really is a loving presence and that there is so much joy and light and love, but that it comes to working with others, being God-focused, being other-focused, getting out of myself, and that the answers always come when I'm helping others. And I just wanted to share that. Thank you so much for your service, Lynn. I passed. Thank you, Lisa B. Roz S., it's your turn, followed by Janice M. Um, did you mean Roz R.? I, I did. I, I. Hello, can you hear me? Okay, whichever Roz was there, sure. <laughs> Sorry. About yeah, it was. It was. It was Roz R. Yeah, I didn't know if there was a okay. Roz S. There. Okay. <laughs> Thank, Thank you. you. Roz. Uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, my name is is Roz R. From Florida, a recovered and so grateful. Um, I rarely have share share on this line, but I am living. I am living this miracle in the most amazing way. Um, you all know that I've been in um, Chicago. Uh, taking care of my daughter and my granddaughter since a, a, a situation took place, but um, realizing these promises, I mean, you know, people have said to me, I'm on a recovery field trip and that is what I am on right now. But, you know, losing interest in selfish things and gain interest in our fellows while I am here. I mean, there is so much going on, so much responsibility, you know, and there's been a lot of pain and then a lot of wonderful uh, things that I'm witnessing, but through it all, I've continued to talk and work with, you know, my sponsees. I've continued to make calls. And what's amazing is when I shared on the line yesterday, I got a call from someone who lives about 45 minutes from where I'm at who is offered to get together. I have gotten calls from um, so many people, and and I take those calls, and I make them. And um, the self-seeking will slip away, you know, our whole attitude about upon life will change. I mean, every single one of these things I am experiencing, and it's like, it's like a miracle to me that that God is doing for me what what I couldn't do for myself. I just I had no idea how much recovery God has given me until I got out here. And I, there is such a calm inside me. Like I mean, a year a year ago, first of all, I couldn't have done it. But if I had dared to do it, they would have been taking care of me. Believe me, I would not be. And it's not about me. It hasn't been about me since I got here. And you know. I've tried to see if I could get a free flight to go to the um, convention. And every time I looked, there was nothing available. There was nothing available. There was nothing available. And last night at 11 o'clock, I thought I'd look on the computer one more time, and there was one flight that showed up. 
and I could use my miles as a free flight. So I'm getting closer and closer to being able to come. So I am like ecstatic and I just, I was in shock. Um, but you know, it says right here, um, you know, uh, they are being filled among us, um, sometimes slowly, sometimes quickly. They will always materialize if we work for them. These miracles are taking place. I have experienced every single one of these promises and didn't even realize it until I got here. Um, I guess I'm the hardest person on myself, but uh, I, I just love this. I love the reference to page 63 someone made because when I was having a, a scary morning the other morning and I woke up, my sponsor directed me to page 63, just what someone had shared. Um, we have a new employer. We, uh, being all powerful, he provided what we needed. I didn't think I had had what it takes to stay here. I am going home on the 24th, and I didn't think I could, I could you know, hold up. And when that was shared with me, um, I don't know, something changed. And uh Time, and I have I, I thank you. And I have a I have a I have that power that God's given me. So I am so grateful. I hope to be able to see you all when I uh come. I hope hope I'm still gonna be able to make it. I'm working on it. Thank you so much for letting me share. Thank you, Lynn, for your service and I pass. I love you all. Thank you, Roz R. Janice M, it's your turn, followed by Jody E. Q. And thank you so much again, Lynn S., for your service. My name is Janice M., and I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. I'm going to take just one of those promises, and it reads, Fear of people and of economic insecurity will leave us. Well, let me tell you how the tables turn, (laughs) which is my life. Um, When I first came in and, you know, I was abstinent and, of course, I wanted these uh, promises, but, of course, they didn't occur. But I just picked and choose and I said, well, I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid of anything with my superiority, you know, self-righteous, arrogant person. And I said, I don't know what they're talking about, so I don't even want that, you know. However, when I went through these steps and started (laughs) my inventory, oh, boy, what things came up that behind a lot of things, I was really basically a very fearful person. And um, I was an angry person, which is often a cover-up for fear. And so, you know, and then I said, fear of people and economic insecurity, oh, I'll never have to worry about that. You know, hello, hello. Um, As if, see, fear is is, uh, my, let me just go back and just say that, In my disease, the fear, I was always frustrated. I was egotistical. This is what fear stood for me. Fear is F-E-A-R, frustration, egotistical, anxious, and resentful. And my self-reliance was so high about what's going to happen. Oh, my son is in this disease now, and this is what he's going to do. He's going to die. That's all about me. That's my self-reliance, thinking of of what I think, what I thought. So what's the opposite of fear? Well, we know that it's trust, T-R-U-S-T, which means to me, try really. Using step two and step three, they both cannot exist at the same time. Trust and fear cannot, and trust is God-reliance. So now I was always defensive and blaming people and places and circumstances. But you know, in recovery, in recovery, fear was decreased. 
excessive fear. Now, the fear, this, this promise does not say that I'm going to be free from the fear, and it's never going. I'm never going to be afraid. No, it doesn't mean that we will be showered with possessions and always get what we want, but we will receive what we need. And you know, in recovery, this is how I live now. I'm never lonely. And I don't have to fear, you know, about retirement. I mean, you know, what I trust. I really trust. Of course, I had to do some preparation before. But I get involved with others. I do service. You see, um, we are all people who need people. In recovery, I love very hard, you know, to be kind. To you, I can be kind and loving. But, you know, here in my home. I mean, today, that's how it is. And it was always about fear. Fear, fear, fear. So it does. Everything turns. My fears decreased and my trust increased. And it's a wonderful way to live with that. And that I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Janice M. Jody E.Q., it's your turn, followed by Leslie W. Thank you so much, Lynn, and everyone for being here. This is Jody E.Q., gratefully recovered in Florida this morning. So the promises, yes, they they are and do come true for me as I continue to work this program and as a result of working through the steps into step nine. I have to do those ninth steps. I need to make my amends. I can't just write the people down and... and uh, keep them on that maybe list forever. I need to address my harms and make amends to the best of my ability, which is sometimes complicated and not always obviously not always obvious how to do that. You know, how can I make amends for thirty years of compulsive overeating to my husband, for example? It's um I need to talk about it with my sponsor. I need to pray and meditate about that and do the best that I can. And and these these uh, when we do that, when we do the painstaking work of looking at each person on our eight step list and going over each one with our sponsor, how can I best make amends? And we do them one at a time. These these promises do indeed come true. The, probably the one that, that is uh, the promise that is the hardest for me is regret, not regretting the past and wishing to shut the door on it. I, I have sadness about some of the things I've done in my past, and I do, in a way, regret them, except for the fact that I can use those experiences to help someone else maybe avoid making the same mistake. And that is a very satisfying feeling. If I can help somebody else who has not yet done what I did or who has and I can have compassion for them, then I feel that it wasn't, not, it wasn't for naught. There was some good in what I went through if I can help somebody else. And if you are someone who is still stuck in that feeling of uh, self-pity and um, self-seeking and self-obsession, I urge you to keep listening to this phone line, work these steps to the best of your ability, and these 
promises will come true for you, just as they have for me and countless others. We are not special. No, this can happen for anyone who honestly and uh, painstakingly simply follows these steps. Keep coming back and keep uh, turning your will in your life over to the care of God, and you too will experience these, these promises. And with that, I pass. And thank you, Jody E.Q. Leslie W., it's your turn. Thank you. This is Leslie W., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Tennessee. Our whole attitude and outlook upon life will change. For those of you that know me, know that I share a lot about my husband and my kids, and it's just the phase of life that I'm in. Um, I'm a, I'm a stay-at-home mom, and I can remember seven years ago when my first child was born, <laughs> um, I was very, very selfish, and I was in my disease, and um, <clears throat> the only thing, I had a beautiful baby boy, but I was so sick that there were some days that all I could do was just lay on the couch and watch him toddle around, because uh, because I was so stuck in the food. And, um, you know, I, I don't regret, um, <clears throat> I don't regret my experience. And here's why. I believe that becoming a mother and becoming a stay-at-home mom made me a better person. And, brought out my disease. And when that happened to me, um, I knew that, um, I knew that I, I had, I had to be free of it because my mother suffered from it. My grandmother suffered from it. My aunt suffered from it. And I knew that I didn't want to pass this along. Um, I wanted to to stop that that cycle, and I wanted to be free to enjoy my children, to to enjoy my life. And you know, I'm in the middle of potty training my second child, and here's a promise for you: boys never ever get their pee in the toilet; it always goes on the floor. But that is a part of my job. You know, and and the clarity of purpose for me today that I have is knowing that um, that this is this is where I live. This is you know taking care of these little boys, raising them up to be men of honor and 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 good citizens and good to their wives and good to their children one day. Now, this is my mission field, and I don't get paid for it, but there's not a dollar attached to what I do. But this is, this is my most, you know, next to what I do and what we all do by becoming recovered. Recover, 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 right? That's what we hear on this line. But I know... <clears throat> Thank you, moderator. I know that this is my primary purpose in life is to be of maximum usefulness. 
to others and to be of service today. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Leslie W. We have time for one more three-minute share. Who would like that spot? It's Leah. Great. Thank you so much, Leah. Please go ahead. Thank you so much. Are these extravagant promises? We think not. You know, the whole program of recovery is about this transformation. You know, we often compare uh, the bedevilments on page 52 with the promises that are found, you know, here after, you know, the work of the ninth step. And, uh, you know, there's a quote in the big book that says, you know, to get over compulsive overeating, to get over drinking will require a transformation of thought and attitude. That's why this program, you know, is so deep and so profound. It's much more than the mere elimination of one's binge foods, far more than the mere elimination of binge foods. This is about a renewed life. This is about a restored life. This is about a rehabilitated life. This is about being reborn. The steps are designed to cause a spiritual awakening, a personality change, because the same person will eat again. It is a transformation. That's what these, these promises are all about, a transformation of character and values um, and, you know, it has come true in my life because under the heavy anesthetic of compulsive overeating, there was numbness. There was compulsive overeating was a desperate attempt to alleviate the pain of living and it cut off all connections with reality and life itself. The program of recovery um, allowed this rebirth to occur. You know, things I, n- I never knew were possible. Um, you know, I, I have this very distinct memory when I was young. You know, I, I received a puppy when I was eight years old, and boy, did I love that dog. Um, but there were times as I grew, um, and this anger and rage, um, you know, started to develop within me that I would kick that dog um, and and hear it uh, yelp in pain. And I remember saying to myself at age 12, you're never going to be able to raise kids. You're never going to be able to have kids because you're not going to be able to love kids the way you need to love kids. You know, I, I have a few cards here, you know, uh, that I keep with me, um, you know, around me just that are reinforcements of this program of recovery. One's from my husband. It says, you continue to amaze me with your outpouring of love and good attitude towards the entire family. Our special children are a manifestation of that investment of positive energy, encouragement, nurturance, and love. That's the program of recovery coming true. (laughs) That's far more than the elimination of binge foods. That's a renewed life, a restored life. That's being reborn. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Leah M. Thank you to everyone who shared, and thank you, Team Wednesday, Tracy B., Tina S., Nadia B., Leslie W., Mary B., and Craig F. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. 
And the share ID for today, Wednesday, August 16th, 7 a.m. meeting, is 10314. We will now close with the reading from the Big Book on page 164, followed by the Serenity Prayer. Will Leslie W. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. This is Leslie W. recovered in Tennessee. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day. For the man who is still sick, the answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.